You're listening to Behind the Bliss, a weekly podcast where Rachel Autry brings conversations to you from women that share what's behind their highlight reel. Each episode is designed for you to see a message from the mess and encourage you to find balance in the bliss. We know that what you're facing is important for shaping who God has created you to be. Some may say it's a process that often happens behind the bliss. Here's today's episode. Welcome to episode 100 of Behind the Bliss podcast. Y'all, can we actually believe it? We have made it to the 100th episode. Two years later, we've come a long way. We've done a lot of cool things. We've met a lot of amazing people. But today we wanted to celebrate in a really fun and different way. So last night we gathered over 400 of us and talked all through the fun things in life with Kate Bowman from Lone Star Southern. You might know Kate from her Instagram, which is so beautiful. She is a bundle of actual joy. Or from her blog, Lone Star Southern, where she shares style tips, fun finds for your home, and all about her marriage and her puppy, Flynn. We're talking a whole bunch of random things. We actually opened up this conversation to you, interactive, on a really fun platform. So you got to decide what we talked about. Listeners submitted questions, and we rapid-fire answered as many as we possibly could. It's one of the longer episodes we've ever done because we just so enjoyed spending time with you guys. So buckle up, get ready to have a lot of fun. We're sharing a lot of stories we probably have never shared with people before, like killing cockroaches, funny marriage stories, our favorite nail polish color, and everything in between. Here is your 100th episode of Behind the Bliss. Hello, hello. <laughs> Can you believe it? We finally made it. This is so wild. And Rachel and I have been talking about how funny it is. We have both followed each other on Instagram for probably a couple of years now, right? It's true. And yeah. so it's just so funny that we still have not met in person, yet this like screen interaction feels like the next step. So I'm so glad to be here. The moment that I get to be like, hey girl, and like hug you in person, we'll take the next step in our relationship. I know. Like, it feels like such a little bit, you know? Yes. It's not so. <laughs> I know what you've kind of been doing today. I saw that you ate Chick-fil-A for dinner. I did too. Great I was minds. like, great minds think alike. I know. Always. I was like, Andrew, listen, like I've got a big work project. Is it okay if we do takeout? <laughs> mm-hmm. Like little did he know I was like getting ready to talk with tens of friends <laughs> and have a little girl chat, you know, like work project over here. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Someone's asking for Flynn and Remy to be on the party. I'm like, I don't know if y'all want oh, that. We can make it happen. I, I think I know a guy who can make that happen. So does Flynn still act like, okay, well, first off for people listening to this later and they're like, who in the world is Flynn? Uh, Flynn it's is her not baby. my human child and he is my fur child and he gives Andrew and I so much purpose and meaning. <laughs> I love it. We got him a few months into marriage and um, it has been just the greatest thing in the world. Just like all you dog parents know and understand. You know. I was like, I'm not going to yeah. be that girl who's obsessed with her dog. Like, oh, give me a break. And here I am <laughs> staging him for photo shoots, tying little bandanas around his neck, you know, just like all the yes. normal things. So yes. that's what I've been up to recently. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I feel that on a personal level. Listen, when we got Remy, first I called him our best worst decision because <laughs> I just don't know if I can recommend getting a puppy in the yeah. first few months of marriage. Yeah. It just was a whole new level. I was like, responsibility with someone, what is this? 
I will say I am very thankful that I did not get a dog until this moment in my life because they mm -hmm. are I mean, I remember having a phone call with my mom maybe two weeks after we got Flynn, and I was just crying. <laughs> she was yeah. like, I know, it's exhausting, but like, you're going to push through and be okay. Rebecca in chat said, just wait till you have a child. <laughs> Good Lord. <laughs> no, like I'm actually terrified. Andrew and I talk about that, and I just look at him sometimes, and I'm like, how is it even possible that we can, are we ever going to be able to love a human child more than Flynn? And I know all you mamas out there are like, just you wait, but I just cannot fathom it. I know it will be, but mm -hmm. it's just mm, all the love. Responsibility and love, all the things. I also joke and I say uh, that I'm not a dog person. I'm a Remy person because there's a difference. That's the thing. And again, I'm going to reference uh, Andrew and I were talking about because Andrew Andrew's probably the only human I've really been interacting <laughs> with these past <laughs> few weeks. But another conversation we're having around Flynn, you'll start to see this as a theme. I was just like, isn't it disappointing? that every dog owner thinks their dog is as cute as we think Flynn is. But like, we know Flynn is the cutest of all, but everyone thinks their dog is the cutest of all. Again, I know those are fighting words. Just kidding. Everyone's dog. But it's true. It's like you and your dog are a thing. And you almost want to be like, everyone, look at how amazing my dog is. But no one really feels the same way about your dog as you that. feel about your dog. You know, that's okay. Yeah. I do love Remy though. And I've never met Remy. And I want Remy to be my best friend. And I love Flynn. And I've never met Flynn. But I feel like they'd be great friends on a walk. I feel like I could talk about dogs all night. And then I remember when people would talk about dogs for forever, I was like, when are they going to stop talking about this? Exactly. <laughs> so I, we're sorry to everyone. <laughs> we had to have a moment, but we, we can – I love it. We're mature enough for that. <laughs> That's it. We're mature enough. Hey, okay. So also something I would want you to tell us about is the cockroach story because I feel like you're – that's what you're famous for. <laughs> and you mentioned it in our VIP chat before <laughs> – it in our VIP chat. I'm like, you've got to say. Um, okay, well, a little bit of backstory. Um, so for those of you who have no clue who the crazy cockroach girl is, I um, my name is Kate, and my husband and I moved from Dallas, Texas to Gainesville, Florida a, almost a year ago, right after we got married. We got married June 1st, honeymooned, packed up, and moved to Florida. And you know, transition, change, all the things. Throw into the mix the fact that Florida wildlife is unprecedented. Like, I have never experienced – I feel like I live in a tropical jungle. Like, there's always a new species I've never seen. There's always some abnormally massive creature that, like, wants to hang out and doesn't understand that's not my vibe. So – one of the things I've been getting used to is little multi-legged visitors in my home. Um, <clears throat> I don't love it. And I feel like they haven't gotten the message yet because they keep coming back. But, they don't speak English. I, you know, and here's, here's the other thing. They, I, I kid you not, and I know they're hearing me say this. I'm not crazy. I'm very normal. It's fine. This is just what happens. Um, they wait for Andrew to leave. They're like, oh, he's gone. Okay, Kate, what's it's up? It's like Toy Story when all the like toys are like, oh, Andy's gone. We're yeah. in clear. And then the, all the cockroaches come out. And then they just like to kind of like hang out and wait for me to spot them. They'll like do a little subtle movement, oh. like a little shimmy. Mm -hmm. And I'll think I'll, mm -hmm. I see something out of the corner of my eye, you know? And then they're like, Whoa. And if you don't know, I kid you. Okay, Texas, I would see a cockroach or two. We're talking Florida cockroaches. Their bodies are this big. No. Like, no, but no. black and squirmy and fast no. as I'll get out. So um, Andrew would be gone 
at the hospital. Like there's no way he's coming back. And you may, if you have not seen them, I, I have documented a lower moment in my life and these interactions with these cockroaches, because quite honestly, it made me feel less alone. Yes. <laughs> you know, like enduring this trial with other people, even though I look like a lunatic. April in chat said, so not moving to Florida. <laughs> <laughs> Literally. I was like, Andrew, how great would it be? Like you can hang out here for the next couple of years. I'll be back in Dallas. We'll figure yeah, it out. Peace. I'm hoping Flynn, not to bring it back to dogs, but I'm hoping that Flynn <laughs> decides like, ooh, these are invaders and I need to be protective of my mother and kill them. Somehow I feel like he's not going to get that memo. So we'll see. The exterminators have come. It has been a long while since we've had a sighting, but that also mm -hmm. makes me a little bit more on edge. You know, I'm like, oh, it's yeah. getting a little too long. So uh, we'll see. I'll keep you updated on the gram. <laughs> Here's the funny thing that, I mean, like, I'm hearing all of this in my head and I'm like, yes, 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 I get it. One, all crazy things happen when the hubs is gone. Like, he comes back home and I'm like, you'll never believe what happened today. Yes. And I'll tell him. He's like, there's no way. I'm like, okay, so for, like, you, Kate, I'm like, if I don't document it, there's no proof. Do you know what I mean? I call that strategy. I'm like, I call that being prepared. I call that that's it. a good way to manage whatever situation you're in. So. Yes. Okay, it's funny. Paige in chat was like, Rachel, remember when Remy brought the squirrel in? Yes, it's a very similar story. I remember that. So long story short, um, this is one of the things. Thomas wasn't home. Remy has a doggy door, and I was home, and I was doing laundry. I had just gotten out of the shower, and I was FaceTiming a friend. And I was walking around like with the AirPods in, um, just like holding the phone up, putting away stuff. And all of a sudden, he comes in the doggy door like normal, and set something down on the rug. And in my mind, it looked like a toy. And it was in my peripheral. So it was like fuzzy. I didn't really see actually what it was. And I come back around the couch and I see it and I just don't even know what to do. I dropped my phone and I was like, oh, oh my God. So I'm like picking up my phone. My cute friend, her name's G. She has a really beautiful Australian accent. She's like, Rachel, you can do this. Rise to the occasion. You can do it. Where Do you have a broom? Do you have a bucket? What do you have? Can I help you? And I'm like, ah, I'm like freaking out, crying, so upset. I was like, should I leave it till Thomas gets home? Should I go ahead and pick it up? So anyways, I like prop her up and I start picking up the squirrel with a bucket and um, she screen records the whole thing. <laughs> and that's when I end up posting. I was like, I, I have to. But also as a dog mom, he's trained to hunt. So I don't want him to feel like he's in trouble because yeah. that's what he, we train him to do. So I was like, good boy. <laughs> Thank you so Thank much. You. I'm so honored, honestly. Ugh. It's fine. Okay, so now we're talking. We're done talking about dead animals, cockroaches, and dogs. Wow. Some people are like, I'm out of here. Best episode ever. You are so welcome. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Okay, well, quarantine. I feel like it's one of those things you can't not talk about, but then I'm also so overhearing about it. I know. I feel like everyone's kind of getting to that point where it's just like, it was all, I don't know, me personally, it was all I thought about and like was trying to think about and understand, comprehend, like for two weeks. Mm -hmm. And then my brain was just tired. You know, I was just like, oh, I feel like everyone's yeah. kind of hitting that point at some point, you know, just like 
man, we're exhausted. And what do we do? And why have we not figured out a new normal yet? And what does that mean? Yeah, all the feelings. Yeah, it's just a thing. It's a whole thing. Do you feel like, though, that you've learned something? Because, I, I mean, the more people oh, I'm yes. talking to, the more friends I sit on the phone with, there's like a good golden nugget we're all taking away from it. But everyone's golden nugget's different. So yeah. what's yours? Like, what's the thing that you've learned? So this probably gets into like a bigger conversation, but yes, I have learned a ton. And and what I'm going to say is not at all profound. I would probably guess a lot of people are having the same lesson. Maybe the Lord is showing them in all this for me. So a bit of a backstory. I've been blogging ever since I graduated college. It has a lot of travel, a lot of flexibility. So I've kind of always been on the go and I love that. I thrive on it. And when Andrew and I got married and we moved, we kind of had the conversation of, okay, what does that look like when we get married? He's going to be training at the hospital all the time. I'm going to be home alone, which honestly, that's another of the many things the Lord just like prepared. And my story is just like being comfortable being alone and being okay working by myself. And anyways, so in a lot of ways, this whole social distancing thing isn't super new to me because I've worked from home for so long. But the difference was um, staying put in one place. Um, again, not profound at all, but for me, it's been such a change. The traveling and the lack of. Traveling. And I remember, so we moved to Gainesville, newlyweds, and I just kept running. Like I just kept up that say yes to everything because I kind of made this deal with myself. Like this is an awesome opportunity. I have a flexible job. Like any opportunity that comes through, I'm going to say yes. Mm-hmm. So no matter how crazy it is, I'm just going to go. Um, and I kind of had kept that going. And tons of fun opportunities and amazing experiences. But I was looking back on the first few months of us living here in Gainesville and our marriage. I'm just like, man, I wish I had spent more time here investing in this new home, investing in this new marriage. And and so all of a sudden the Lord was just like, hey, I'm going to give you something you didn't know you needed. And I'm going to just keep you here And even though you're going to have time off, even though Andrew, they rotated him one week on, one week off for a couple weeks. So he was off too, but we couldn't go anywhere. And I think uh, initially we were like, oh man, wouldn't it be great if we could go back to Texas and see family or, but oh my goodness, the blessing that came and being still. And then, so like the two parts of that equation, being still and also knowing he is God, you know, like in the midst of all this craziness, we can rest and we can know who's in control and such a simple thought that I've always known. I mean, my whole life and my whole walk with the Lord, oh, be still, rest, blah, blah, blah. When it was kind of forced on me, I was like, man, mm-hmm. Lord, there's something to this. There's a reason you call us to this and there's a reason you call us to stillness. And um, so anyways, I would say that's been the biggest lesson I've learned. Again, I'm sure probably many people are seeing that maybe for the first time, maybe not, Um, but it has been very life-giving in that sense. And it's made me kind of reevaluate going forward. What do I say yes to? And, you know, how do I make this my priority now? That's good. That's so good to be still and just to know. And like, he's going to fight the battles for you. Like, (laughs) he delights in us helping, but he don't need us. Like, he really could get the job done. And they're like, are you sure? Wait, I don't need you. You know, he's like, no, no, you're good. I'm like, are you sure you don't want to see my game plan? I know that's like, it's not like help me out and know that I'm God. It's like, be still, like stop and just see me do yes. my thing. You know, how is it? Yes. I 
Rachel and I were talking, for everyone else, we were talking on the phone and I was just asking her, I was like, okay, I don't want to talk too much about how the season has been with Thomas being away. Three more sleeps till he's back. But Three what do you think, sleeps. what would you say you, your greatest takeaway? Because you've had a lot of change. You've had him being gone. You've had this whole new, whatever this season is of all this COVID stuff. Like what has been something you've been learning? I feel like two things really have stuck out that I felt like he whispered, he has been like the Lord, whispered to me in the first two days of Thomas being gone that has really set the tone for the rest. Um, So for background, if anyone's like, what? So my husband um, is a pilot for funsies as a hobby. He's decided to um, be a pilot in the military, like a commercial pilot. And so we went through a whole process. He got accepted. He will be flying the KC-135. It's an air refueling wing um, here in Birmingham, but he is actually in training right now for the first step of all of it, officer training school. And he's in Montgomery, Alabama, which someone would be like, wait, aren't you from Birmingham? I'm like, yeah. Listen how weird this is. I'm like, he might as well be in Arizona because I can't even see him. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I go outside. This is so dumb. I can't believe I'm saying this. And I take a big deep breath and I'm like, oh, maybe I just breathe the same air as him. (laughs) That's so desperate. It's not desperate at all. I love it. And I was driving past Montgomery, the actual like Air Force Base exit on my way to the beach last week. And I rolled down my windows and I did it again. I texted him. I was like, are you outside? He's like, we just came back in. I was like, we just breathed the same air. That is a that is marriage. Long distance. <laughs> uh, but the, really the two things that I feel like I've been learning is one, I felt like the Lord was like, don't wait for May 22nd. Like if you are so focused on the end, there's so much you're going to miss in this journey. You will never have an opportunity to be home alone for two months without children, without a husband, with just a dog. Where you get to do anything, you set the tone, you set the rules, you set the routine, you have responsibility. What are you going to do with it? Because that's a gift. And then I just felt like I was woken up, like, oh my gosh, it's so such a gift. So that was one of them. And then the second one was, um, we had a lot of crazy things happen where this was, he was supposed to actually go through this training back in October and then he got injured. So they had to move it forward and then it got rescheduled and then coronavirus happened. So in my mind, I'm kind of like, oh. Really? Could he have not just have gone in October and then we would have been able to be quarantined together? You know, like all the romantic COVID things other people are doing. So I was like, that would be cool. And um, I was a little frustrated with God, to be honest. I was like, really? That's not, that's not cool. That's my, that was my plan C. He's like, I'm, he's like, I've crafted this moment kind of like the first one. He's like, I've crafted it to be a gift. So are you going to see it as a gift or are you going to see it as an inconvenience? And so I really had to make the choice from the beginning to be like, okay, what is it today, May 19th, May 20th, May 21st that you have for me today and not just be so focused on the day Thomas comes home. I blink, I missed it all. And I'm like, what did I do with that time? Anyway, so that's my TED talk. <laughs> that makes me think so, of the verse that teach us to number our days that we may get a heart of wisdom. Just that whole idea of not letting, yeah, these days being gifts. Whether, I don't know, gosh, there's so much hard stuff going on right now. And it's sometimes really, really hard to be like, yeah, Lord, I know you promise. Like, there is beauty in all this, but really, but gosh, I just love that story because just like you said, I mean, he has a way of being above and greater and better. Um, And when we, when we ask for that wisdom to see it, it's crazy how our perspective changes. It's true. I agree. 
Lauren asked a good question. She said, do you have any tips for staying present in real life since we're on the topic while still keeping active with social media present? So I guess I like that. It's a two-part question. We can maybe move into what that looks like for you. But how are you staying present? Kind of like the not looking forward to the next best thing, like for me, <laughs> May 22nd. I, I laugh that I'm the worst blogger ever, but it's really simple. I just get off Instagram. Um, mm-hmm. For me, I am not a person that can be on stories and also be, you know, doing something. And I think I see a lot of people doing it. And so I feel like I should be able to do that, but um, I can't. And so a long time ago, man, the Lord has taken me on so many journeys through this whole blogging thing, but I learned really, really quick. I just got to shut it down. And guess what? Guess who has the power to do that? Me. You know, it all comes down to, am I going to separate myself from this in order to be present in the moment? So I don't have a formula for how you do it other than you just turn it off. And it's Mm -hmm. so simple. I think sometimes we want a different answer. Like I, I want a different answer. I'm like, Ooh, how could I be more active on stories? But then I realized and y'all may, I don't know, for those of you who, if you follow me, um, you may notice, like, I just kind of go off the grid for a couple of days randomly at different times. And um, I have, it took me a long time to be okay with that. But I really had to learn the balance of like, this is my job, not my life. And That's it's good. tricky because it's a job centered around my life and inviting people in. Um, but at the end of the day, it's a job. And my, my life is not blogging. My identity is not blogging. Um and I'm so confident and okay in that, that it really boils down to when do I shut this down to prioritize other people and other things in my life? And so I literally just get off. I just get off Instagram. Um, and That's it's so great. good. Highly recommend. <laughs> Especially during this season, I, I noticed we have so much more time. Some of us have a lot more time just to be around. And it is so easy to get on that phone and like scroll, scroll, scroll. Oh, yes. Spend so much time. And then maybe you're seeing how other people are having so much fun with self-quarantine or blah, blah, blah. And it's like Mm -hmm. Satan is so sneaky and he is looking for any way to make you dissatisfied and lonely and isolated. So like, just, I think just step away. That is the biggest tip I have for being present. Step away from something that hopefully brings a lot of good, but can oftentimes like detract it or distract us from blessings that the Lord has for us right in front of our face. So sorry, you were saying. That's so good. You know, I was going to add to that. Like, honestly, just put the phone down because I'm, I'm using it as entertainment. It's weird to watch a movie alone. It's weird to, um, be alone in a house. So like the easiest way for me to feel like I have a sense of non-loneliness is to jump on Instagram because that's where the people are. And so, but that's me acting out of an insecurity and out of a fear of being alone. So I think like before turning to a phone being like, is it that I need entertainment or is it because I need company? That would be a good place to start like sifting and filtering. Have you been reading more? Yes, I have been reading more. Me too. I've been doing um, all sorts of things I wasn't doing beforehand. And again, I think what's so funny about me is it's not necessarily like I have this whole new life change or like rhythm change where all of a sudden I have all this new time, but I'm realizing Uh as the world like steps back in a lot of ways, like, wait, I also have the freedom to step back. Like I don't have to be going at the pace that I did. Mm -hmm. So I have time Mm -hmm. to pick up a book. I have time to work on a little needlepoint. Like it's been funny how (laughs) grand millennial. It's a Topo Chico bottle. It's actually really cute. Um, It is cute. 
but yeah, I've been doing lots of things, but tell me what you're reading. First, I want to hear in the caption or in the um, chat, what are you guys reading? And I'll share some of the recommendations in our show notes um, that we're going to post when this episode goes live because I have, I read two, listen, Kate, I'm so proud of myself, two fiction books in the past week and a half. Who am I? Oh, that's impressive. I Well, granted, those two books were really good. The first one was called Driftwood Summer by Patty Henry. My mom let me borrow it when I went to go visit. And then the second book was Where'd You Go, Bernadette by Maria Simple, I think. Simple. So good. Both so good. Yes. I finished Educated, which I saw someone comment. (gasps) Yes. Did you love it? Absolutely fascinating. Um, I don't, did I love it? I thought it was good. Here's, here's the type of book I love, Rachel. <laughs> Let me just walk you through. Um, the Royal We. <laughs> um, what are all the other? Like, basically, teen. You're on that BBC Life. Yeah. Oh, 100%. And also cheesy, like, teen romance adventure. Throw in a little sci-fi. Like, give me a little alternate universe action, and I am in. Um, no, but I did love, love Educated. And I actually, after I read Educated, I watched the Waco series on Netflix. And it was really interesting to see the parallels because there was a lot going on anyways that I would not have picked up on had I not read Educated. Um, I just finished American Royals. <laughs> I wasn't joking when I said that. <laughs> and now I'm reading a book I found at Target called The Grace Kelly Dress, which I cannot comment on whether it's good or not or worthwhile, but it had right, a pretty not cover and... I'm a sucker for that sort of thing. So I'm excited to see these actual good recommendations on the side. <laughs> I know. I was about to say, we're getting so many in. I'm so thankful, but a little overwhelmed. <laughs> I'm like, oh, man, my bookshelf's about to be popping. Oh, Wait, man. Can you tell me like an early dating story with Thomas? Like, like just like a little, I don't know. I want to hear just like a funny story about you two. That's kind of hard to um, like ask on the spot. On but the spot? Yeah. You know, can you think of anything? I love getting uh, a little into people's relationships. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. I don't even know if it's funny, but this shows Thomas's character. Okay. It's actually funny because it shows how big of a brat I am. I love so, it. So, like, if there's hope for me, I'm trying to think. I don't, I don't know any funny stories. Surely one's going to come as soon as we, like, hop off this thing, you know? Um. So, we were dating, we were in college, and we got into an argument on New Year's Eve about something really dumb. Ask me, I don't remember. We went to a New Year's Eve party, and we kind of, like, ignored each other the whole time. I just was super grouchy. Like, it was just no fun. So, we leave the party, and I was like, do you even want to be with me? Oh, my God. Like, I was so drama. And he was just like, woman, yes, I want to be with you. This is so crazy. So, Thomas ends up... um, staying behind and I go to Passion Conference at Passion City Church in Atlanta when I was in college. I get home from Passion Conference. A few days later, it's my birthday. So my birthday is on January 5th. I come back from Passion Conference. It's my birthday. We still haven't like fully made up from our little tiff that we had and I couldn't figure out why things were so awkward. Anyways, um, he decides to take me skiing for my birthday. So he wakes me up and we go skiing and it was really fun. It was super sweet. And then I come back home and my family was going to do a big birthday dinner. And Thomas goes, oh man, like, sorry, I can't make it to your birthday dinner. I already have like, a, um, I already have commitments with my roommates. And I was like, on my birthday, after we got in a fight, are you kidding me? I was so upset. And I was like, fine, go have dinner with your friends, go have dinner with your roommates. It's whatever. 
so my mom, my brothers, and I have dinner. And then um, a few moments later, my mom was like, I think you have one more, uh, one more birthday gift. And so I go upstairs to my room and then there's a note from Thomas with some dresses picked out and the note says to go outside and my mom lived on a lake at this point so she had like a dock and I walked out to the dock and Thomas had decorated the dock to redo New Year's Eve since we got in a fight and we didn't really get to celebrate and ring in 2015 I think it was so we got to celebrate New Year's Eve together again just us. And we popped some like sparkling cider and he had on like a tux. I was convinced he was proposing. So the whole time I was just like looking around for my friends, like not really even enjoying the redo of New Year's Eve. But isn't that so sweet? Yeah, that's what that's what Thomas is like. We do have a good marriage question. How do you manage stress or the craziness of life in your marriage and relationships? What's the best way to manage conflict effectively? And do you have any great advice you'd want to share from Lexi? Oh, Lexi, good question. question. Yeah, so I love to tell my friends that just got married, are about to get married, or honestly are single, because I think this speaks across the board, is that marriage does not satisfy you. Mm -hmm. And, And so as long as you can release the pressure of him meeting every one of your needs, then it's going to be a blast. The moment that you put the unfair expectation on him to show up and fill the gaps and fill the voids that you have in your life, the moment he'll fail because he's not supposed to fulfill you. That's Jesus. And if we, if our husbands were perfect, then we wouldn't need a savior, you know, and if our lives were comfortable, we wouldn't need a comforter. So like in the moments that I'm really frustrated with Thomas, I take a second and I say, Thank you, Lord, for reminding me once again that my husband is not perfect and neither am I. So would you please fill the gaps and voids that I was trying to have him fill for me right now? And it helps a ton because the pressure is released. I mean, how, Kate, how hard would marriage be if Andrew told you straight up like, hey, I just need you to make my life perfect? (laughs) You'd be under so much pressure. So why do we do it to him? And why is that a message we, I think, are told from when we're really little by the world, not, and thank goodness, my parents are believers. So I feel like I had a lot of really good, godly biblical counsel and insight on marriage before I walked into it. But this world, this, and I think now that I'm married, and like you said, it's like marriage will never fulfill you. I knew that before I got married, but when you're on the other side, you see it in a different way and you're like, dang, (laughs) they were all right. I mean, and I'm obsessed with my husband. We have the best time in the world. I love marriage so much, but it's not at all what the world tells you it's going to be. And then I hate how the, this message of the world, it's like, find that person who completes you. And then if he doesn't move on, you know, and I know that's oversimplifying a lot of things, but it's almost just like this catch 22, because first off, you're never going to find anyone ever. who's going to ultimately satisfy every need. Because like you said, like we weren't built for that. We were built to need the Lord. And every time we try to shove something into that void, it's always going to leave us disappointed. And so it makes me sad when I feel like this message from the world keeps saying, find someone who um, fulfills your every wish and want and need and desire. And if they don't, like you are too good. It's like, no, no, like that is totally opposite of the whole idea. So I feel like I'm trying to rewire, not in a big, massive way, but little things where I'm like, oh yeah, that's right. Like that was what the world told me marriage is. And here's what the word tells me marriage is. And there's always life. 
you know, where I, where the word speaks to it. So that's a good one, Kate, too. Preach. Amen. Yes, ma'am. Praise hands. Someone said earlier in the book recommendations, the meaning of marriage, which would by Tim Keller, it would be an amazing book for you to read single, dating, engaged or married um, to kind of get a better like biblical understanding of what marriage is before you sign up for it. Because it can be really hard to try and figure out what marriage is as you're doing yeah. it. Let's try something fun. We've never done this on the show, but I think it would be a blast. Because we have some amazing questions coming in, and then we're just going to rapid fire. Okay? okay? Let's do it. Okay. Um, best advice for starting an influencer Instagram. I love that you use it as a platform to encourage. How do you keep your content current and keep your listeners engaged? How do you come up with the content for your podcast that you always have something to share each week? I love this question. I feel like Kate can speak to it more than I can. She's got more experience. My only piece of advice, rapid fire, would be that sounds super crazy and maybe even over spiritual, but like just be a vessel. Like, don't feel the pressure to have something to say. Say something when you feel like the Lord's given you something to say and He will be fruitful and multiply it. But like if you, if uh, the days that I'm like, oh, it's been six days, I should post something, <laughs> those are the days I'm kind of just manufacturing something that eight days later, I don't know if I'll even still wanted to have said somebody. So I say be patient, quality over quantity. What do you say, Kate? I love that. Me and Rachel, that is so good. And that's something I feel like in my arena where I feel like yours is very like faith centric. I feel like my blog, whatever you want to call it, Instagram brand is a little bit more like lifestyle fashion. And so just in that area of like, when do you bring in the more important things? When do you bring in your walk with the Lord? Sure. Blah, blah, blah. And I've just learned, yeah. I used to wear myself out trying to figure out and manage and structure that. And it's really just, I've gotten to a place and the Lord has taken me to a place where it's like, I feel this tug on my heart. It's like, I feel a warmth in my chest. It sounds so weird, but I know when I'm supposed to, when he wants me to say something or do something. And, and then I just leave that to him. So anyways, I love that. That was so good. Um, okay. Practical tips for starting and becoming an influencer. Um, I would just say from the get go, um, it's just not, it takes a lot of work. And it's so amazing and so fun. It's just not ultimately satisfying. So if you mm -hmm. if you're if you're disappointed or you're like, ah, oh, this isn't happening, this isn't going fast enough, I worry that sometimes people look at the influencer thing and they're like, Yes, dream job, sign me up, sure. which is great. There's yeah. room for everyone. And I'm such an advocate. Like, if you want to start a blog, start it right this second. Um, but it's okay that it's gonna be hard and it's gonna take a long time. Like, be consistent anyways. And I think you'll find as you do that. Do you, yeah. do you still love it even though it it's hard and it takes a long time to grow following? I mean, I literally stayed in my dorm room when my friends would go out and like put together little collages that no one would ever read, you know, but it was fun. I loved it. So I would just say, like Rachel said, be consistent, quality over quantity and start now. I think what I've learned is more than an aesthetic or a style, mm -hmm. which may bring people to you at first, like you sharing your heart and being vulnerable it amazes me how that always connects more with people than any pretty curated thing I produce. And Rachel, yeah. you do such a great job of that, of just being so real. And I think to Sweet. all the girls listening, they're probably like, yes, that's why I love her. Like, that's what people really love. So like Rachel said, you be you. Like, don't try to mm -hmm. feel like you need to be anyone but yourself. And I think when you open up your life and your heart to people, they, they love that. People want to be invited in and feel part of, I don't know your story. So I think I just yeah. maybe said 17 different things, but <laughs> just a few little That's things good. to think about. <laughs> and to everyone, 
you like everyone is an influencer. Yeah. All have your arena of influence. So the moment you think, oh, I'm not an influencer, or I'll say, I'll see people post like their favorite, I don't know, kitchen gadget. And they're like, I'm not an influencer, but, and I'm like, you are. Yes. You are though. Like I I get what you're saying, but. Like I think I've learned follower count has so little to do with it. You're so right. Influence, Mm -hmm. if you have, like you have it. Um, regardless of your size or I think getting hung up on numbers is just a trap to fall into and something the enemy wants you to focus on so that you don't find contentment and joy and where the Lord has you, whether that's with five followers Mm -hmm. or whatever. Um, so that's another thing, like start where you're at and be proud of where you're at, you know, the, and someone said this to me, like when I first started blogging and they said, don't compare, I'm sure everyone's heard this, but don't compare your beginning to someone else's middle, you know, like it's so easy to compare. There's so many, we could have a whole nother episode on this, but, um, yeah, just a few, few little things. So good. Um, rapid fire. How, uh, let's see. Oh, some of your favorites, favorite Bible study book. Go. Oh, the Esther study, um, by Beth Moore. That was only because, well, it was really, I think what the Lord used to show me how relevant the Old Testament is and how his word is living and active. Like I knew the story of Esther. It was like a Bible story. I grew up hearing like the Veggie Tales. Y'all remember the Veggie Tales, Esther? Anyways. Love it. And it, I was mm-hmm. like, oh, cool. Like I, I know the story. And it wasn't until I walked through that and studied that scripture where I was like, oh my gosh. Like I thought this was boring old stuff. And like the Lord is changing and moving my heart. So that was eye opening for me. And I think it's a great place to start. Also, it's an amazing story. Like, who love, love her. So, Esther. Yeah. Yes, you were made for such a time as this. Mm. Yes. Go, girl. Uh, Favorite nail polish color? Like when you go get your nails done, what do you ask for? Okay, so I am a big believer in the light pink. If you have like very pale skin like I do, I've learned a light pink nail. It just always – I don't know. It's flattering for some reason. Um, I think that Fiji by Essie is the best shade. But I've also found like it's a little bit springy and summery. So if you want to transition to fall, winter, mixed taupe by Essie is like a little bit more neutral beige one that's still light. It has the lightness, but not the as much pink. So okay. Fiji and mixed taupe by Essie. My go-to is um, I can only wear OPI cannoli like a cannoli like the dessert and it's like a it's like a gray blue green can't really tell but every time I wear it people are like oh my gosh what color is that and I randomly picked it out because I couldn't decide one day so I was like "Mm, that one and it's truly become my favorite so that's also a good one if you're into like neutrals yes oh wait also I'm laughing so hard that name I literally thought you were saying I can only wear OPI so this is so I was uh, like oh my goodness I want to hear more about this I'm bougie I only wear OPI I'm just kidding no I can only I I can only like if that was my job to be able to name nail polishes I remember in seventh grade that was like what every girl wanted to be like I want to name nail polishes you can travel the world for inspiration anyways okay I can only wear OPI I'll remember that that's it and then favorite podcast uh, – or I'm sorry, <laughs> Behind the Bliss, though. Just kidding. Um, <laughs> favorite Spotify playlist right now. Ooh. I'll go first. Yeah. I have – shameless plug, I've been working on a worship playlist since my freshman year of college, and it has over 750 songs. It is over, like, four days' worth of nonstop worship music. I will link it for you guys. It's awesome. I have listened you to listen that. You listen to it? Yes. Oh, absolutely. Like Queen. a well curated 
worship play. Mm, I love it, Rachel. Oh yeah, I okay, yeah, I'm gonna, I follow I'm you. It, I'm copying it now, and okay. I'll put it in the um in the chats. I oh, in the show good. notes for those listening. Yes. What about you? Spotify playlist. Oh, Andrew's gonna. If he hears this, he's gonna roll his eyes. I have this playlist that is near and dear to my heart. I've been working on for a long time. It's called Chill Country Harmony. No, no, it's called Slow Country Harmony. And hey. I love folk and like very like like slow country melodies. I love some harmonies and like female vocalists stuff and it's just like really chill it's like when it's rainy or you're in a chill mood it. it's relaxing country-esque music and I can share that with y'all too if you want you probably don't want it <laughs> I love it Andrew's like no if you send it to me I'll yeah. put it in our show notes okay uh let's see another fun one what advice would you give to your past self about the podcast I'm assuming that's directed at me and real quick I would say technical one <laughs> uh always check your wi-fi Number two, I would say, uh, can I be candid with you guys? You guys are listeners, right? Okay. Be more obsessed with the people listening to the podcast than being obsessed with the podcast itself. Mm. There's been a lot of decisions that I've made for the podcast, not for the listeners. And I feel like that's where I found myself in some really weird situations with guests, with sponsors, with everything. And so just know that I'm at the point in this thing, 100 episodes in, that I'm like, no, if it's not for y'all, it's not worth it, period. I'm here for you. Like, I know that sounds so silly, but like, I can't, I, yeah, I love y'all so much that I'm like, it's not worth it. Dang, that is so good. I'm like, yes. I love, I'm obsessed with y'all. I'm not going to leave you astray. I promise you I will not have someone on the podcast that I would not want to have a coffee date with. I will not sponsor something that I have yet to try and absolutely love. Like, I swear, I'm here for you. I'm here for you. I love you. So good. Dang. Love you so much, everybody. Um, (laughs) I'm like, I'm so obsessed with them. I can't even. Ooh, this is a good one. I know you have very high expectations for yourself. And based on some of the comments and questions, a lot of us do too. What does it look like when you extend grace to yourself? Hmm. That's a good one. Dang, Rachel. I'm trying to think. I'm like, I'm thinking that's actually really hard for me to do. Okay. I'm having some thoughts and they're probably going to all sound mumble jumble, but I feel like, and this has happened, I'm thinking of a few instances where I felt like I've let people down or myself down. Hmm. And I think the first step in extending grace to yourself is whose who's expectation or whose what standard did you not live up to? Was it a goal for you had for yourself? Was it maybe a perception you wanted others to have of you that fell short? Was it someone else's approval? Was it maybe something the Lord called you to that you didn't do? Um, I think identifying what that looks like helps tremendously go, okay, wait a second. Where did I mess up and who did I mess up for? And I think there's a pretty clear distinction when you filter through those thoughts and you realize, okay, did I um, miss it with a friend? Like, do I need to go ask for forgiveness for a friend? Did I have an unrealistic or unhealthy expectation of myself that I missed? Or man, did I just like give into sin and give into my flesh and I need to go ask for the Lord? I think it's, it's recognizing like, hey, I can't really forgive myself. Where do I need to go to find that grace? And we know it's from the Lord. We see physical manifestations of that in our friendships and in our relationships. 
Um, mm-hmm. We probably don't see a lot of manifestations of that in like the world of social media. Like, for example, if followers got mad at me for something, but I know, like, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I'm just like thinking oh. about times where it's like, man, Cheers who, to who that. do I need to be asking for grace from? And if it's from yes. the Lord, I'm covered because he took my sin on the cross. And I know that there will never be anything I can ever do where he will say, you know what, Kate, that was a step too far. Like, mm-hmm. I'm, I've already been promised. Like, I'm no longer a slave. I'm a son. And if I'm a son, I'm an heir. So we're good. You know, it, it, it comes wow. down to, okay, wow, okay. repentance, Lord. I know I can try again because you've made that way for me. If it comes down to a person, I think it's um, asking them, humbling myself and asking forgiveness from them. But then sometimes it's just in my pride, it's expectations I missed. Or maybe it's approval I wanted from others that I didn't get. And it's those moments where I need to realize, hey, do I need to be forgiving myself? Or do I need to be realigning where I'm trying to find approval and love and affirmation from? Um, not quite sure if that all connected. But that's kind of the process totally I feel nice. like I have to go through when I find myself in a situation. And I'm a nine on the Enneagram. So I'm peacemaker, like pit in my stomach whenever I feel like I've let anyone down. Um, on any level. So it's just that reminder of like, man, I don't necessarily have to give myself grace. Like I know who gives it and he's already given me all of it. So what more do I need and where am I finding like I'm missing that? Boom. All of it. Absolutely. Yes. I, I just was saying like in my mind, second Corinthians 12, nine, my grace is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect in your weakness, Rachel. Like that. I feel, feel like that is like everything that the Lord's telling me is like, Hey, I I love you. And like what I did on the cross for you is enough. And by you thinking that it's not enough and you trying to make up for it is, I feel like it's offensive to him because he's like, was that not enough for you? Do I have to do something else? Do you want me to come do it again? Like take it or leave it, sister. This is a free gift. And so I, yes. But then also at the same time, I think like totally understanding the weight between like taking advantage of grace, I think is really important too of like, having the reverence to be like, okay, now that I know and I feel everything that you did for me, how can I then in return be grateful for that and not take advantage of it? So Mm, I love that. Constant tension, but tension's not always bad. These are all good questions. I'm like, listen, I would be here till 2 a.m. One more kid at bedtime. One more story, please. (laughs) How do you both keep God in the center of your marriage? That's a good one too. Mm. Um, you want to go on first on this one? Sure. Um, I'm not a genius. I'm not a genius. And we fail at this every single day. Mm -hmm. But I will say that going back to the point of reminding yourself that Thomas is not my Jesus and your fill in the blank is not your Jesus, whether he is, you got the ring on your finger or not, just go ahead and release the pressure and give it to the Lord. But then also I feel like what's totally helped me and Thomas is, um, taking responsibility for our own relationship with, with the Lord as well. So like, I'm not going to be the best wife if I first haven't given my first of the day, although it's just my relationship with the Lord and he has his own relationship with the Lord. When I miss out on something, he misses out on it too. On that note, there is a difference. I heard this one time, Kate, I don't know if you've heard this before, but I wish I had heard it sooner. There is a difference between the relationship of marriage and the actual individual marriage. So like, for example, 
um, the marriage is actually its own entity. So we say we had a small group leader that told us this. It was so wise that your marriage is like sitting in a chair in your house. So like pick out a chair in your house. That's where your marriage sits. And every time you walk past the marriage, you can be like, hey, how are you? That sounds so weird, but just go with me. Be like, hey, how are you? And the marriage could be like, I'm really struggling. But if you ask Thomas, he's like, I'm good. And I'm be like, well, well, I'm good. But you forget that the marriage is the third party here. You know what I mean? So like I could be making a decision that seems good for me and it seems good for Thomas, but it might not be good for the marriage. See what I mean? So I feel like like keeping God in the center. It's like asking the marriage, like, what do you need to tell me? Like, what is it that maybe Thomas isn't telling me about you or I'm not picking up on you that you need help with? And the marriage could be like, yeah, I'm really struggling with fill in the blank. And I'm like, okay, good. So anyways, I feel like that is another way, another cool way to keep God at the center is just checking in on your marriage and asking the Holy Spirit, like, am I missing something? Even if you don't feel like you're missing something. Gosh, that is so good. I'm like, I'm gleaning all this. I'm like, yes, please give me all this insight (laughs) because we're so new. I mean, well. 11 months in, I I feel like we still have so much to learn and we're kind of still like figuring out what marriage even is. So I'm like, ah, yes, I love all this. I would just echo, that was exactly, not exactly what I was going to say, but you saying that I think keeping the Lord at the center of your relationship, it really, it's like draw the circle. It starts with like you keeping the Lord at the center of your relationship. And it's just kind of, I feel like it's a little bit simple. Um, I feel like you're responsible for what you do and where you spend your time and, and where you put your affections. And if you are putting those, setting those on the Lord, if you're not dwelling on the flesh, but you're dwelling on the spirit, if you are abiding in the word, if you're surrounding yourself with counsel, like you can't control your partner, your husband. Like I, I can't control how many times is Andrew reading his Bible a week? Or like, you know, Andrew, tell you know, let's have a little check-in. You know, that's not at all how it works. And I think sometimes let's never our Yeah, exactly. It's it's devotional time. <laughs> you yeah. know, it's like I just as a wife have to remember in my like in my yearning for Andrew to like continue growing and in in my desire for me to keep growing, like the the biggest piece of the puzzle. And I think what the Lord asked me to do is follow him and like, he's going to take care of the rest. And so instead of trying to like, how do we keep God at the center? I think it just is a little bit more simple of like, Hey, keep the Lord at the center of your life. And I think everything's going to flow from that. Now I do think in a scenario where maybe the other person isn't keeping the Lord at the center of their own life, that's another, that's a situation for you to bring in community, for you to bring in counsel, but it doesn't change the fact that you are to keep your heart devoted on Christ and set on Christ. And, um, and like you said, like lead yourself, like you, you keep your heart and your eyes on the Lord and he will take care. I just believe it's kind of that simple. Power of a praying wife. Yeah. I'm like a few chapters in. I Thank you for reminding me to pick that back up. I started reading it and somehow stopped. It's a good death. one. But y'all, this is so fun. Last question, rapid fire is, do you have any tips for finding Christian community in a new city? Um, if you're in a new community, I would start by asking anyone you know about church recommendations um, yeah. and then get plugged in. I feel like the Lord, I started praying about community here in Gainesville so long before we even moved. And I feel like it's looked differently than maybe I expected, but it's kind of, you got to put in that groundwork of like, you don't have to, but it's helped me to kind of like ask around for, okay, something that's been huge for me. There's a, a group here in Gainesville. I think they have it all across the country. 
um, called Side by Side, and it's a ministry and a Bible study for women heard of this. with spouses in medicine. And I'm sh- I wonder if they have something for like military wives. I would they imagine. Totally do. Yeah. And um, mm-hmm. it has been the biggest uh, blessing from the Lord because I just literally walked into it was one of Andrew's co-residents' wives invited me. I walked into this room, didn't know anyone, and all of a sudden I was like. You know, it's just like he knew. Yeah. Um, so I feel like maybe do some research. If you're an, interested in something, you have a profession. Sometimes there are Bible studies geared towards that. Um, I'm going to give a little plug to um, CBS, Community Bible Study. They have those in many, many different cities. And that is an amazing way to just automatically plug in to a group of women and study the word. Mm-hmm. So you really don't have to worry about theology and blah, blah, blah. It's just like straight scripture. They do an amazing job. Um, oh. so let's see, community Bible study, local church, get involved. Um, Rachel, what do you think? I was going to say local church. Yeah. Yeah. You have to be in the church. Mm-hmm. Also pray. That sounds so like, that sounds primary, but like pray because if you're like, Lord, I'm so lonely. He does not want to leave me in that place and he desires to give you that relationship. So he's like, oh, yay. Okay. And then, you know, you might meet someone in a Starbucks line. Who knows? I have crazy cool stories like that. So that would be another really good And just remember, too, like, that is exactly where Satan wants you. Like, he wants you isolated, and he wants you to not find that church. He wants you to not plug in. So I think just, like, remembering that and being like, oh, yeah, Mm -hmm. I have some pushback. And so it's going to be natural when it's not easy or it feels forced or it doesn't all line up like I thought it would. Like, that's okay. That means you're doing something right, Mm -hmm. you know. So just keep keep going at it. And, um, yeah, I love what you said. It is definitely hard right now with all of the quarantine and things happening, but – I think that's where prayer comes into play because prayer and eternal resources surpass all of our earthly circumstances. So like if you feel lonely and you're like, I don't know how to do this, churches aren't meeting in person, he will stand in the gap. Yes. Power of Prayer by yeah. Timothy Keller is a great book. If you're like, eh, prayer, that's weird. Is it worth it? Does God even hear me? That totally changed my whole understanding of mm-hmm. what a gift it is. I love that. Oh, Okay. So the final question, if you've listened to the podcast, then you know, Kate, what's something that you're loving these days? It could be a product, a book, a song, a shameless plug. Oh, um, well, I shameless plug for African New Life. Um, didn't plan on doing this, but that changed my whole like perception of all the, all the cheesy things you hear when like someone experiences like a culture they didn't understand. I went to Rwanda a couple months ago and seeing the work they're doing there is like amazing. And just a little quick little blurb. And wow. um, it's like a, a Rwandan founded ministry and it's operated by 500 Rwandans in Rwanda. So this is not any like, you know, it's just really well done and it's excellently done. And I think sometimes like child sponsorship, I didn't realize there's so many amazing organizations that do it. It looks different. Um, the personal approach, like I just have to, I um I love this. This sweet Anita um sent me this oh. and I got to meet her and she sent me a photo like you, you can send get like a gift of food or a bible and they take a picture of the child you sponsor and they write you anyways it's just wonderful and if you're looking for a way to bless someone's life or or give back African new life obviously the covid stuff like they're it's been the God has been working in amazing ways to like provide for those kids yeah. there. But I love Africa New Life. Um, what is it called? Life. Africa New Africa Life. Africa New Life. Yes, I actually Africa have a tab on my Instagram, Rwanda One and Rwanda Two, where if you kind of want to just go back and see 
what my time there looked like. It was not a mission trip. I was not doing anything. I was just simply like Love observing it. what they were doing and sharing about it. And it was amazing. So, um, love that. Um, let's see, I'll give you one more thing. What am I loving? I'm loving self tanner. Can we talk about how like you just wake up with a different mindset when you put on some yes. self tanner? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I do. I'm like, wow, I actually have color. Yeah. I just, it puts me in a better mood. And I found that when I do it, when I put on self-tanner on like a Sunday night, I wake up on Monday and I'm like, oh, I'm ready to conquer the week. So um, that's something I'm loving. What are you loving? I love that. Tell me. Um, I am really excited for Thomas to come back home. How do you greet someone when they come home from a long time? They just pull in the driveway. Do I run out? I was actually thinking about this. Like, does he expect a bachelor like run and jump or like, you know, talking about in the show or is he wanting, I don't know. Is he wanting me to stand at the door and say like, Hey, <laughs> is he going to knock? <laughs> what? I don't no, know. Don't think it. What do you want to do? Do you run? Do you want to run out and hug him? Run out and hug him. I'll keep you posted. I'm cringing thinking about it. Yeah. I just know it's not going to be romantic like the movies. I'm just releasing that expectation. It's whatever. I'm fine. It's, it's all just about managing silly. expectations. All about managing yeah. expectations. So, yeah, yeah. And then, yeah. Anyways, someone said all for the bachelor run and jump. Run. Yeah. I'm like, really like, like slow mo. What's that movie? Um, You know, I'm talking about the old school. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> Jerry, it's a fire. There you go. <laughs> That'll be me. <laughs> oh, man. We will. I'll keep you posted. I love it. Oh, my gosh. Um, Kate, this has been so fun. I can't believe that it's actually over. I am, This has been the best thing. And I hope y'all have had fun. I'm looking at all of you in the comments. Um, I know. It, this has just been a blast. So thanks for blessing my day today and my week. And Rachel, thank you for being such a light in the world of social media. Like, it's a tricky love place you. to navigate. And you do it so well. And I'm pumped for everyone who hopefully had never ever heard of Behind the Bliss, who's now like, oh, what is this? Like, talk about a place to go in the world of social media for like truth and, and encouragement when everything else is draining. Behind the Bliss. And y'all follow Kate at Lone Star Southern on Instagram. She is seriously a bundle of joy. So much fun. You can also read all of her blog posts at LoneStarSouthern.com. You have just totally influenced my wardrobe and you're so bright and spunky and fun and love the Lord. And just the way I know it can be weird navigating between like, am I faith-based? Am I not? Like, how do I mention Jesus? But I think that the ways that you carry Jesus through everything that you do shines a light. It's so bright that people that don't know it's Jesus will ask the question and people that do know it's Jesus acknowledge it and respect you for it. So I think you're just doing it really well. You, I just admire the ways that you do it. Hands and feet. And I'm encouraged that wherever you are at listening to this, like influencer or not, like the Lord is using you and wants to use you and um, is inviting you into that story. And it's the best story ever. So thanks for having me. This has been the best. This episode of Behind the Bliss podcast has ended, but be sure to subscribe for more episodes so you don't miss episodes full of encouragement. And don't forget to rate and review so that we can continue to bring you the best content. See you in the next episode.